Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Good morning and welcome to Morning Joe. It is Monday, December 27th. What a beautiful starting shot. Starting out with a beautiful shot of the nation's capital. Yeah. As the sun comes up. How was your maybe Christmas? in the next hour. My Christmas. Christmas was absolutely wonderful. Well, and a lot of it was with you, Joe. Mm-hmm. With us, we have MSNBC contributor okay. and best-selling author of the Confidence Code series, Caddy Kay, host of MSNBC's Politics Nation and president of the National Action Network, Reverend Al Sharpton, and host of Way Too Early, White House Bureau Chief at Politico, Jonathan Lemire. So did we have good Christmases all around? By the way, if I, if I call on you and you had a really bad, depressing Christmas where you wept silently in the corner all day. You don't have to respond. Caddy, how was your Christmas? Well, it well. was lovely. I did not cry anywhere silently or in any corners. No, it was great. Um, my son has COVID. We had to go and pick him up from UVA. and We put we had a craft project. We put bubble wrap between the front and the back seats of the car. This is how we're getting inventive, right? So that was my idea of trying to create a sort of, you know, secure environment. Anyway, he came home and he was in his room, but at least he was in the house with us. So that was very That's nice. That's great. Yeah. You gotta make it was do. Nice to have him home. Fan. You gotta make do. We do what Fa- we can. Fantastic. We do what we can, said every parent ever born. <laughs> Reverend Al, what about you? How was your Christmas? Great Christmas. We uh, did what we do every year at Nash Action Network. We fed hung- hundreds of hungry, hungry and, and, and very uh, grateful homeless people and elderly, a lot of elderly people that just don't have anyone to eat Christmas with. And Mayor-elect Eric Adams and Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin joined me for several hours giving dishes. We couldn't let them sit in the headquarters to eat, uh, but we gave them a hot meal and they could go wherever, uh, back to their homes if they had it or to the shelter to eat. And we gave free COVID testing in front of the headquarters. So we spent the day doing what we uh, believe uh, Christmas is the day you give. The wise men came and brought gifts to Christ, not came to receive gifts. So that's what we try to do on Christmas. Wonderful. Well, boy, that sounds uh, about as much in the spirit of Christmas as uh, anything that any of us could do. And it certainly is, is in contrast to so many images and so many things that we've seen over the past week or so. Uh, Jonathan Lemire, like Reverend Al, uh, you handed out uh, COVID tests. Unfortunately, it was to your two young children. You <laughs> slipped it under the door and you said, take the COVID tests. And when you're finished, you can come out and see if Santa brought you anything. How did the test turn out? 
They did take COVID tests last night ahead of visiting grandparents this week. They were, thankfully. They They did. Yeah, they thankfully were negative. But my sons did have a different approach than the wise men the Reverend mentioned. They just received gifts. It was a triumph of capitalism. Uh, It was a triumph of capitalism this week uh, in my house. Santa was very generous to them. But it was a nice couple of days, a couple of good meals. Uh, They got a wonderful bunch of wonderful toys they're excited about, uh, including some Red Sox jerseys that moved one of them to tears. And a giant Mario Kart track that now takes up most of my apartment. Uh, so we did have a good Terrific. Christmas. How about you, Joe? Uh, we, we had a very good Christmas uh, several years ago. I just told my kids I didn't want presents. I didn't want stuff to write me a letter if they wanted to give me a Christmas present. Uh, that said... Um, even with that hard, fast rule, this was Beatles holiday. Yeah. And uh, I got uh, I, I got uh, Paul McCartney lyrics books and I have it for uh, wherever I go. I've got uh, quite a few of those. I got uh, get back book. Yeah, it was a very Beatles Christmas that and then some letters and always the, the, the white socks, the exercise socks that all my kids come into my drawer and steal from me. So that, uh, I'm always reloaded uh, on the weekend. So. Wait a minute. I got you the bright orange overalls for your lobster boat. She did. So Mickey got me, got me overalls for the lobster boat so I can jump into the 50-degree main, main uh, waters yep. and wait around all I want. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Lucky so. guy. So, so I got that's the, him. I got that. I'm surprised, Jonathan, you were able to get COVID tests for your children. I mean, my gosh, everything I've heard, uh, there just aren't any COVID tests to be found. No, there aren't. These were ordered uh, days in advance, a couple of weeks ago, and they finally showed up just in time, thankfully. No, COVID tests are a real challenge, particularly in the big cities in the yeah. Northeast. Uh, lines stretch around the block. It can be hours. Uh, we tried earlier in the week after the one of my kids' classes was closed to get him tested. Couldn't uh, for a whole day until we were finally were able to find a place that had an appointment. Uh, but tests are hard to find. In-person tests are hard to find. Uh, certainly, in-person rapid tests near impossible. You can get a PCR. Yeah. Get, that takes a couple days to get a response. Not, don't even bother looking for them on the drugstore shelves right now. Your best hope, try to order it online, but give yourself a lag period. It's going to be a week or two. And we should note, price is really skyrocketing. Uh, this seems to be a moment where people are taking advantage of the, of the situation and gouging consumers in terms of trying to get access to these COVID tests, which people need right now for the holidays, traveling to and from Christmas. The yeah, holiday spirit, absolutely. price gouging mm-hmm. for health, uh, uh, badly needed health care tests. Uh, yes, capitalism, capitalism. Caddy, a couple of things. First of all, uh, what, what have you heard from your friends and family members in Britain? Uh, how, uh, how did they weather it, uh, weather the Omicron storm? And I say, how did they weather it? My God, everybody, everybody we know, they, they have Omicron. It's like, you know. It's usually this, just the sniffles and everything. But I was talking to a dear friend yesterday who had a family reunion over Christmas. Twenty-two people were supposed to be there. Four could show up. Wow. Everybody else, uh, every it was Jerry, uh, Everybody oh else was basically in lockdown. It's crazy. But well, uh, is that the same story in Britain? It's it's the same story everywhere. My sister lives in Morocco. She was meant to have all her kids visit her. Morocco's completely shut its borders. It's only one of two countries in the world to do that. You can't fly in or fly out, whatever nationality you are. So she couldn't have any of her kids. My husband, Tom, called his family in Scotland 
half of his nephews and nieces all have Omicron. They're all in isolation. So everybody was having kind of very solitary Christmases. The UK, of course, you can get testing and the testing is free. You can pick up free rapid tests in any pharmacy. They're readily available. But the testing levels either are just revealing many more cases. They certainly don't seem to be stopping a surge in COVID because there is just tons of COVID. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know a family that hasn't been affected by this. Everybody's had to scale back their Christmas plans, scale back their holiday plans. People aren't seeing each other as much. We were meant to have a whole Same load of people here. over on Christmas Eve. My my mother's cousins, they didn't come. I mean, it's just that's yeah. it's been another disrupted, annoyingly COVID Christmas. Let's hope, fingers crossed, next year is better. Let's hope. Yeah, and the, 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 obviously, Rev, the good news is uh, at least the people that we've spoken with um, are more inconvenienced than anything else. It, not even, I w- it wouldn't even rise for most of the, all the people I talked to, uh, to a healthcare scare. It was just sort of an, an annoyance. Uh, some sort of irritating because, you know, for the people vaccinated with a booster is just sort of irritated by the fact they have to lock down for, said 10 days. We're getting to seven days. I suspect we have soon. Dr. Fauci on today. Yeah, we have Dr. Fauci on today. I suspect soon, Rev, that's going to go down to five days. But that it, it is not March 2020. Uh, this no. it's, it's basically more of an irritant now for the overwhelming number of people who get this. No, it, it, it is uh, certainly an irritant and is of, of major concern, particularly those that have children going to school. And you see where some people at uh, the work sites are today in New York, for example, it's mandated that everyone in private businesses, their employees have to have uh, proof of vaccination. So it has altered everyone's life, but it's better to be uh, uh, safe than sorry. Uh, and what is interesting is that those in the anti-vax movement are seen vexed, uh, I, I guess saying anti-vax being vexed by Donald Trump <laughs> coming out saying that he was oh, vaccinated. Wow. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and continuing, Alex Jones and everyone having what my mother from Alabama would call a hissy fit because Trump has t- uh, turned on them on the vaccination debate. So I guess that is a Christmas gift I did get. <laughs> okay. Well, well let's, we're going to actually talk about that, um, that political twist there. Um, but the basics of coronavirus, the highly contagious, at the same time seemingly less severe Omicron variant, continues, as we've all discussed, to fuel record-breaking surges in COVID cases. Increased testing over the holidays has uncovered about 200,000 new infections per day. In New York State, more than 400,000 people were tested on Christmas Eve, not including the at-home rapid tests, and nearly one in eight of those came back positive. The state reported nearly 50,000 new cases on Sunday, breaking the record it set the day before. Florida reported nearly 33,000 new cases on Christmas Day. It also broke broke its record from the previous day. But public health expert Dr. Ajit Shah says it may be time to shift the most common metric used to track the pandemic. For two years, infections always preceded hospitalizations, which preceded death. So you could look at infections and know what was coming. Even through the Delta wave, that was true because it was largely unvaccinated people who were getting infected. Omicron changes that. This is the shift we've been waiting for in many ways, where we're moving to a phase where if you're vaccinated, and particularly if you're boosted, 
Um, you're going to have, you might get an infection. It might be a couple of days of not feeling so great, but you're going to bounce back. That's very different than what we have seen in the past. So I no longer think infections generally should be the major uh, major me uh, metric. Obviously, we can continue to track infections among unvaccinated people because those people will end up in the hospital at the same rate. But we really have to focus on hospitalizations and deaths now. You know, Caddy, uh, during uh, the spring, the horrible spring of 2020, I would always look, FT had uh, just uh, incredible charts where you could follow what was happening in Italy, France, across Europe, and you would see the infections going up. And then a week or two later, you'd see the hospitalizations going up. And then there would be a delay a week or two later, the deaths would go up. And that's really how it was even through uh, Delta, you, you would see uh, a correlation between infections, uh, hospitalizations, and then deaths during Delta, during the Delta surge. That's just not the case anymore. All the charts that I'm looking at every day just to see how we're doing, you know, before we come on the show, uh, shows uh, there is just not a connection, uh, not, a, not that same linear connection between infections, hospitalizations, and especially deaths. Uh, I think Dr. Jean may be onto something. Our obsession over infections uh, may be a thing of the past. We may be looking more to hospitalizations, ICU visits, and deaths instead. I remember we had this conversation a couple of months ago on the show, uh, Joe, with Zeke Emanuel saying, look, what's the aim here? Is the aim to stop infections or is the aim to stop people going to hospital. And even back then, the consensus was the really important metric is how much we can keep people out of hospital, not how much we can keep people from getting infected. Because if you've been vaccinated uh, and you do get infected, the chances are, particularly with Om Omicron, that it's going to be a much, much milder case. And in a way, the anti-vax movement is fueled by this focus on infections because we're seeing so many breakthrough infections. If we focused on the hospitalization side of this and the severity side of this, there's an easy answer to people when they say, look, you see, the vaccinations don't work. Even people that are getting vaccinated, they're getting infected. We need to be focusing on the hospitalization side so that we can say to those people, listen, you're right, people are getting infected, but look at what's happening to them in terms of hospitalization, those rates are way down. We're already seeing the data from South Africa, which seems to be almost through the Omicron surge. It never led to a huge surge in numbers of people being hospitalized in South Africa, which was our early test case here. The indications from Europe seem to be the same thing. The indications here seem to be the same thing. I think Ashish Jha is right. It's not about getting people, whether people are infected. It's about whether people are being sent to hospital. And the and the next piece of this puzzle, we can ask Dr. Fauci about this later, is how long people have to say quarantine. Because if you're not getting a very bad infection, people around you who are vaccinated and not getting a very bad infection, there's a strong argument for saying reduce the isolation and quarantine times. I, I was just going to say uh, say that exactly, that we've been, uh, Mika, the... the the number's been 10 days yeah. from the beginning uh, for just for the protection of your of your course. loved ones, yeah. protections of those that have underlying uh, conditions. Uh, there was a talk about moving it down to seven days, then possibly five days. I think that's 
absolutely critical. As we move forward, and as we've been saying here for a month or two, the key is to learn how to live with this. Uh, I think we're starting to figure out how to live with that when we get the medication, when we get the pills uh, that people can take. Uh, all the other treatments uh, that are already out there online uh, allow, I think, I think uh, is going to allow us to cut these these isolation days in half. And if mm-hmm. that happens, it really does at that point really make a big difference uh, on 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 spread of, of this virus, not shutting down, right. uh, you know, businesses, uh, uh, churches, uh, sporting events. Uh, it's, it's it, it seems to make sense. So we talked about former President Trump. He once again defended coronavirus vaccines, even as it leads to rebukes from his most ardent followers. In an interview with right wing commentator Candace Owens, Trump praised the vaccines and pushed back on skepticism common among his supporters. More people have died under COVID this year, by the way, under Joe Biden, than under you. And more people took the vaccine this year. So people are questioning how... Oh, no, the vaccine worked, but some people aren't taking it. The ones ones that get very sick and go to the hospital are the ones that don't take the vaccine. But it's still their choice. And if you take the vaccine, you're protected. Look, the results of the vaccine are very good. And if you do get it, it's a very minor form. The vaccine is one of the greatest achievements of mankind. And, and um, Donald Trump's obviously correct there. That, of course, makes people who've been spreading conspiracy theories about this vaccine for years freak out. Uh, and and uh, the interviewer there later on attacked him for being old and out of touch, et cetera, et cetera, for actually following the facts. And and uh, conspiracy theorist, the guy who, who tortured uh, and, and, and admittedly abused uh, the parents uh, whose children were tragically gunned down at Sandy Hook and called them phonies and actors. Alex Jones, he railed out against Trump. And here he is in a Christmas Day message. An emergency Christmas Day warning to President Trump. You are either completely ignorant about the so-called vaccine gene therapy that you helped ram through with Operation Warp Speed, or you're one of the most evil men who has ever lived to push this toxic poison on the public and to attack your constituents when they simply try to save their lives and the lives of others. What you told Candace Owens just a few days ago is nothing but a raft of dirty lies. That is a, just di- a, mess a dirty, on top a of dirty a mess. liar condemning uh, somebody telling the truth. A, a, guy, a guy who's actually, a guy who's actually made his li- 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 uh, living from just telling lie after lie after lie after lie after lie. Now, now, Reverend Al, uh, you and I have known Donald Trump for a very long time, and I, I had to laugh last week when people said, "Oh, this is just Donald Trump saying this, and he'll change tomorrow and what." Now, you know. Donald Trump uh, obviously uh, understands what he needs to do to get back to the White House. And there's been a debate. Is he going to run again? Is he not going to run again? Uh, This is what Dick Morris would call triangulation. Mm -hmm. If you've lost the suburbs 
And Republicans have outperformed you. Other Republican candidates have outperformed you across America because you lost the suburbs, because you were embracing people like the two people who are attacking him right there. You move away from them and you let them insult you. So people in the Atlanta suburbs, people in the Philly suburbs, people in all of these suburbs that abandoned him while still voting for other Republicans, they take note of that. And 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 they go, wait a second. Well, maybe Donald Trump's not that crazy. So so for people who just say this is Donald Trump, just throwing stuff at the wall, you underestimate Donald Trump. Absolutely. No question about it. Donald Trump knows that he cannot scare those in the suburbs. He cannot scare the independent voters. He cannot scare women voters and and have the shot at being uh, back in the White House and running a campaign in 24. And that's what this was all about. Let us not forget, while I certainly was glad to see him say this and, and said it was like a Christmas gift, but let's not forget this is the guy when he was in the White House talking about people taking bleach and denying this all the way up until this. He enjoyed the support of the people on the fringe, but what they will come to understand, and I, I think this guy Jones and the uh, young lady interviewing him will begin to understand, it's just like he kicked a lot of people in New York that he would deal with to the curb when he wanted to go arch conservative. He will kick the fringe to the curb for Donald Trump. There is nothing that is sacred to Donald Trump but Donald Trump. And if he's got to step back and do the Michael Jackson moonwalk on demonizing vaccinations, he will do that if it will advance him. This is all politically calculated. If you look at his record, he was one of the deniers himself until he wasn't. Well, and, and Jonathan Lemire, I think as we move past this election, how far are we past this election now? About a year, a little over a year past the election. Uh, there has been a lot of anger, a lot of rage. Uh, it, 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 it seems uh, that uh, he's looking back and maybe he's saying, wait a second, I embraced these fringe people on the virus, uh, on these conspiracy theories, and I lost. I, I lost the suburbs. I lost uh, in places that Republicans won. Again, you keep going back to Ron Johnson patiently explaining uh, on camera to somebody that Donald Trump underperformed every other Republican in that state statewide by about 55, 60,000 votes. That's the difference. So, again, I'm not again, I just people because they're so easily triggered, uh, even in this blessed holiday week. I'm not saying this is right. I'm not saying this is good, though. I do think it's good. He's finally uh, aggressively defending the vaccines. I'm just trying to explain if you're thinking that, that this is Mr. Magoo, just going from one uh, one board to another, stumbling along, uh, you're underestimating Donald Trump. He, he stayed at this long enough that this is a calculation. And when he's attacked by Candace Owen and he's attacked by uh, the other guy, um, why that plays right into his triangulation plan. Dick Morris is probably giving him a standing ovation over at Newsmax. 
A truism about Donald Trump is that even when it's in his best interest, he can't stay on message, which is surprising why in that Candace Owens interview, she really pushed back in it a couple of times about, wait a minute, no, no, like vaccines are bad, right? And he stayed on message. He kept saying, no, he no, did. people should take she these. This is, this is good. Uh, you know, and she, he was clear people shouldn't be forced to take it, but he was encouraging them to do so. Uh, so, yes, we shouldn't give him too much credit, though, obviously a welcome development. People in the Biden administration have long thought that he might be the one voice that some of the unvaccinated yes. would listen to and finally take the shots. The other thing that's striking is this is we know how reluctant Trump has been to condemn any portion of his supporters, even the most fringe section, even the most dangerous. Remember the debate, mm-hmm. that first debate with Joe Biden when he was asked to condemn the Proud Boys, and he didn't. He told him to stand back or stand by or whatever nonsense it was. So will he stay with this, even though the Alex Joneses, the Candace Owens, who represent a portion, small, but still a portion of his supporters, Will he stay with it in front of their, despite their pushback? At least so far, he has. And if that's the case, that does add credence to your theory. That this is calculated. This is attempted triangulation. This is a, this is exactly. him looking ahead to 2024. Well, and and it is different, like you said. Um, but when when he early on was defending the vaccine. If people booed him in the audience, he backed off and said, OK, no, he with, with the Bill O'Reilly event. Uh, a, a few people in the audience booed him and he pointed him out and told them to stop it. And then in, in this interview, uh, again, he stayed with it. He stayed on message. That is something new. Uh, and and again, I strongly think let's just talk about one little stretch. We used to always talk about the Philly suburbs. Let's talk about the suburbs that matter the most right now. I, I think really it is a turning point in American politics. And those are the suburbs of Atlanta, North, the North Atlanta suburbs, uh, suburbs that I, I was born in that was Democratic. And when it went Republican, Republicans started winning elections. When it went Democratic again in 2020, you saw Democrats winning two Senate seats and you saw Democrats winning the White House. Those are the stretch of people who were saying, wait a second, is he aligned with Alex Jones and all these other right-wing conspiracy theorists. Okay, I'm going to go with a Democrat. And forgive me, I'm, I just have to say this one more time because I've, I've, I have said it a lot. But again, in understanding what's going on, you look at all of the Virginia um, exit polls and you look uh, at the focus groups mm-hmm. and you have people that voted for Joe Biden and then voted for Youngkin. And they all voted for Yunkin. They all criticized Biden on Afghanistan, on on the virus, on the economy, on everything, on the supply chain, on everything. And it was it was a, a, a strong condemnation of Joe Biden. But then they asked these same people, do you regret your vote? Every one of them said no. They would have voted against Donald Trump again. That's what he needs to get past. If he's going to run again in 2024, again, we could all sit around and look into a crystal ball and try to figure out, is he going to run again? Is he not going to run again? How's he looking? When he does this, when he's triangulating people uh, that are the most rabid right wing conspiracy theorists, uh, that suggests 
It's exactly what's on his mind. Yeah, simply put, there's something in it for him. And still ahead on Morning Joe, we'll check in with Dr. Anthony Fauci amid the record-breaking surge of COVID cases across the country. Plus, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio joins us to look back at his tenure at the start of his final week in office. Also ahead, the lingering troubles with holiday travel as many remain stranded after thousands of flights were canceled on Christmas Day. And the new study that might have you rethinking those New Year's resolutions. This is, this is crazy. Hello. Mika, running and alcohol consumption goes together. Okay. I better hide the wine but from My you. life makes sense now. We'll explain that when Morning Joe comes back. For more than a decade, Comcast has been committed to bridging the digital divide and connecting millions to affordable high-speed Internet. But the barriers to get connected go well beyond affordability. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Project Up, building a future of unlimited possibilities. Learn more at Comcast.com slash Project Up. The UN Refugee Agency, or UNHCR, responds to emergencies and provides long-term solutions for refugees. They provide aid in over 130 countries, including Ukraine, Syria, Afghanistan, and Sudan, where people are forced to flee from war and persecution at their greatest moment of need. UNHCR helps and protects refugees by providing food, shelter, medical care, and other life-saving essentials. The agency jumpstarts relief in three key ways. They transport core relief items stored in even the most remote areas of the world. They deploy expert emergency staff trained to help in crisis situations. And they transfer funds directly to support the emergency. Because of generous supporters and donors, UNHCR can scale up its response within 72 hours of a large-scale emergency. Your support helps provide life-saving aid for refugees whenever and wherever emergencies occur. Donate to USA for UNHCR by visiting unrefugees.org donation. Thirty-one past the hour. Live look at Washington D.C. A little bit of traffic this morning. Now to two other questions amid the COVID outbreak: the major impact on travel, and what about students who are soon going to be returning from the holiday break? We have reports on both those fronts in a moment. NBC News correspondent Guad Venegas on the schools. But first, here's NBC's Sam Brock on the travel mess. An Omicron surge in the midst of a travel rush, partly to blame for another spike in flight cancellations. They said that the, the reason why the flights were canceled was a crew availability due to COVID. More than 2,000 domestic flights Saturday and Sunday wiped away on one of the busiest travel stretches of the year. JetBlue today, for example, has has canceled 10 percent of their flights. I mean, that's a huge amount of people that are inconvenient. So I would definitely say that it's fair to call this a meltdown. Delta, United and American have seen a more manageable two to five percent of flights canceled Sunday. But that doesn't soften the blow for many. Kind of difficult. I mean, there's been delays in the lines as well as in the flights. Pretty much just regular Christmas flying. How worried are you about traveling with COVID spreading like wildfire right now? It is a concern. As airports are packed, so are testing lines. The demand in overdrive for those seeing loved ones. We've obviously got to do better. 
I mean, I think things will improve greatly as we get into January, but that doesn't help us today and tomorrow. From family gatherings to football fields, there's massive spread. The Fenway and Military Bowls, the latest college football games to go dark after Boston College had 40 players unavailable due to COVID, injuries, and opt-outs. The daily seven-day average, fueled by Omicron, now sits around 200,000 infections a day. Dr. Jeremy Faust in Boston has identified around 200 counties in red alert, either not enough staffing or beds. It couldn't come at a worse time because people are getting together, they're traveling, they're doing probably more high-risk activities than they normally do. Schools across the country are preparing for students' return, bracing for Omicron. Just dig it in, and then you go one, two, three, four, five. California's governor announcing a statewide initiative ordering six million free tests to kids returning to school. It hurts a teensy bit. Giving parents peace of mind. I think it's really nice that they're providing this for people because it is, uh, the holidays are a big concern. In Clovis, California, 50,000 free tests have already gone out to students and staff. The school district installing HEPA filters in classrooms, taking all measures to avoid a shutdown. When I tell you that having kids in classrooms is critical, the data confirms that too. Across the country, the school district of Philadelphia with an estimated 200,000 students now keeping a close eye on the rise in COVID cases and considering a vaccine mandate for all eligible students after the break. What's your message to the families? Our message to the families are, number one, we're going to do everything we can to keep schools open. As fears loom that students will have to go back to remote learning, some schools already are. UCLA, Columbia, and Northwestern are joining a growing list of colleges and universities temporarily going virtual the first weeks of the new semester. Wow, and here's a new study to consider as you make your New Year's Eve plans. Research shows that the more fit a person is, the more they tend to drink. Scientists at the Cooper Institute in Dallas recently tested more than 38,000 Americans. Their research found that the fittest women consumed between four and seven drinks per week. That's about twice as likely as less active women. And the study shows that the fittest men consumed up to 14 drinks per week, more than twice the amount as men who were less fit. I'm so confused. As for why this is the case, researchers say more tests are needed. But one of the top scientists behind the study says, quote, many of us likely put a health halo around our exercise, making us feel our physical exertions justify an extra cocktail or three. So so that's not let, let's open this up. No, uh, to everybody. Not, okay. No, I'm, I'm just curious. I, I I don't I don't understand this because you run, of course, I run a lot, a lot. And I love um, and you come home and, of course, you allow yourself to splurge on leaves and twigs. No, no. And that's all very exciting. Uh, but I don't get this. Caddy K, do you understand? Like, because there have been quite a few studies that the New York Times article shows through the years, not as extensive, that people who work out more drink more. And it, it seems to go against what you would think the natural uh, like conclusion would be. I get that psychology, though, don't you, that you've gone and you've done your workout, so you're feeling virtuous, so you think, well, I've earned my glass of wine with dinner or my second cocktail with dinner, 
because I've just done five miles. I'm very glad to say I never run five miles. I can just about manage two. Doesn't stop me having it's a just... glass of wine in the evening occasionally. Um, but I, I, no, I get that psychology. You're, so, you're sort of kidding yourself that you are making yourself healthy by doing the exercise and therefore the drinking doesn't really count. Whereas I guess if this you aren't no doing sense. the exercise, maybe it makes totally makes no sense in terms of health, but I can kind of get the psychology of it. Jonathan Lemire, what about you? you? You have any explanation for this? Uh, the study went on to say that, on to Caddy's point there, that people who are healthy, who exercise, like don't do obviously unhealthy things. Like they don't smoke, right? And they probably eat healthy. So they have to have some sort of vice and they allow themselves like, oh, I'll have that extra drink or something. And uh, I've been sidelined with a leg injury uh, last few weeks, but I run plenty too. And I'm not going to tell you what is in this coffee mug right now. <laughs> Well, exactly. And of course, I have not been sidelined over the last couple of weeks and I'm still not running. But Rev, you are a very, very healthy man, but also a man of the cloth. I suspect that when you get off your treadmill every morning, uh, your vice is reading the good book. Well, uh, I I work out, as you know, every morning. I mean, even when I I have to be here at 530 to do you uh, in the morning, I work out at four in the morning. And I do not drink at all. I haven't taken a drink in, in uh, I mean, even socially for many, many years. But I think what it is is the psychology of why you work out. I work out because I want to be healthy. I used to be obese, and I'm conscious of that. But there are others that work out with me, though, that I know work out, that work out so they feel they can do these other things. So they say, I work out so I can eat. Uh, more things that I shouldn't eat. I'll work that out so I sense. can drink. So I think it's based on what it is. Mm-hmm. When I get on the elliptical in the morning, get ready to lift weights, is why I am doing this. And I think that is what you have to put in mind. Some people do work out so they can drink more or they can eat the wrong foods. It's all about the motivation. It's the reason that you do what you do. All right. Okay. Very good. That Whatever. makes sense. Coming out, Democrats yeah. say they're serious about state elections after losing on the state level for over a decade. Our next guest asks the right question. Are they too late? Plus, uh, an Oregon dad lodges a right wing insult directly at the president during a Christmas call for kids. Well, you can understand why. I mean, the president wished him a Merry Christmas and the first lady, they were polite to him and his children and uh, he told his children to go to bed. And it was this was the, the no. Jesus is the reason for the season. And we'll. Okay, now that I'm saying all that, it makes absolutely no sense. No, we'll tell you what he's saying now. And the far-right gun fetish continues this holiday season. Like, what is this? With a congressional candidate celebrating the Prince of Peace while holding an AR-15. Nice Crocs. The dangerous trend of Republican candidates embracing fascist language and images of violence and thinking it's funny and fun. And and also uh, throwing Jesus under the tank. I don't get it. We'll be right back. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. 
No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Empty backfield, four-man rush, and that is intercepted. It's the Marcus Lawrence down the sideline. He goes, and look at that, into the end zone. With the division crown in hand before even taking the field, that 40-yard pick six gives the Cowboys a 21-0 first quarter lead over the Washington football team. And let's go to the Roger Bennett of uh, NFL uh, highlights, our own uh, Jonathan Lemire. Jonathan, I grew up, and it was the Cowboys and the Redskins, uh, one of the biggest rivalries, if not the biggest rivalry in football. Just doesn't seem to have quite the same bite now uh, with the Cowboys against uh, the motley collection of mediocre uh, uh, Washington football players team. Uh, But, man, they cry. I think that's the biggest victory uh, they've ever had over Washington. Yeah, they had over 40 points at halftime, uh, Joe. And I'll insert fewer obscure pop yeah. culture references than Roger Bennett, perhaps. But we yeah. just saw yes. there uh, that interception return, plus Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott tossed four touchdown passes. The Cowboys celebrated NFC East title with a 56-14 to win on wow. Sunday Night Football. Uh, how bad were things for Washington? Several players on their team got into a brawl on the sidelines. Uh, we go to Charlotte here. Not you can good. see Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They roll 32-6. to That's their first division title since 2007. We'll recall that last year they won the Super Bowl as a wild card. There's Tom looking good as always. In Kansas City, Joe, coupled with the Los Angeles Chargers, surprise loss to the Houston Texans earlier in the day. The Chiefs they sealed the AFC West with a 36-10 blowout of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kansas City looks like the team to beat in the AFC. They are a juggernaut again. They're playing for a first-round bye now. They're the top seed at the moment, a game yeah. ahead of the Tennessee hey, jo- Titans. Jonathan, I, I got to say, man, I saw some of this game, and it was sad to see just how bad uh, Ben and yeah. the Reds, uh, the uh, the uh, Steelers looked. I mean, bad passes, bad blocking, bad execution, bad everything. Uh, they looked like a a mid level college football team. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer, uh, but he's had trouble playing this year with the giant fork sticking out of his back. Uh, he's been done uh, for a solid season or more. Uh, it is, it's been tough to see him limp to the finish. Steelers still have an yeah. outside shot at the playoffs, uh, but they looked were completely outclassed uh, yesterday, and the Chiefs are rolling again. Uh, we've got a bunch of other games to get to. In Minneapolis, the Rams clinched their fourth playoff berth in five years under head coach Sean McVay. It was kind of an ugly game, but they 
they won it anyway, 30 to 23 over the Vikings. Uh, they are now uh, atop the NFC West because the Cardinals uh, lost the Colts on Saturday. The Rams can clinch the division next week. Uh, and Joe, I tried to get this game removed from the highlight package, but I guess we're going to go to Foxborough anyway. Nope. Uh, yeah, the Bills. Yeah, they're now in line to win the AFC East. Uh, they beat up the Pats yesterday, 33-21. The two teams are tied, but the Bills hold the tiebreaker thanks to a uh, better division record. Here's a stat for you. This is the first time ever that a Bill Belichick defense did not force a punt. The Bills just did what they wanted on offense. Josh Allen was good. And, Joe, you and I, we both love Mac Jones. He's had a great season. I am still hopeful for his career. He, he's going to be a very, very good NFL quarterback, but it seems like he's hit the rookie wall a little bit, and some good teams have figured him out. He struggled yesterday. Yeah, a couple a couple other struggling teams. Let's talk about the Giants. Mike Lupik mm. uh, uh, declared yesterday uh, that this was the worst Giants offense uh, he's ever seen in his life. And my gosh, Mike Lupica has seen a lot of really bad Giants teams. Yeah, this is a pretty dreadful Giants team. To be sure, they've had some injuries, but they've got real questions. I don't know that Daniel Jones is hurt. I'm not convinced he's the quarterback of the future. I don't think most Giants fans think he is. Questions about the head coach, too. Yesterday was embarrassing. The first half against the Eagles uh, was one of the worst halves of football ever played by any teams. Philly eventually yeah. strung, strung together some drives late and put the game away. But just ugly football. And I know the Jets won yesterday, but boy, here in New York City, these are a rough time for NFL fans. Both teams are pathetic. So, so I know uh, we, we got to go to break, but really quickly, you were just talking about how rough that game was. The Chiefs uh, uh, Pittsburgh game was rough. I, I, I watched Red Zone a little bit with Jack uh, yesterday. And I got to say, a lot of subpar football. And mm -hmm. I was saying, I've never seen NFL teams look this bad. Jack said, COVID. So there are a lot of uh, a lot of uh, starters that had been sidelined. Does is uh, is Jack right there? You think is is that is, does that theory make sense? Because there was a lot of really bad. I've, I've watched NFL football for half a century. There there was a lot of really bad football being played yesterday. Yeah, no, Jack is definitely onto it. It's COVID. There are teams that lost 15, 20 guys uh, on the list, calling up you know guys from the practice squad to play. It affected the overall quality of play significantly yesterday. The other piece of this is, remember, this is the NFL season is longer than usual. They tacked on a game. Uh, so it just extends everything. And it seems like guys are yeah. already wearing down. There are still two weeks to play. Uh, the season has uh. been a slog. And I think, though, sure, a couple teams look pretty good. Chiefs, Bucks, the Packers have been terrific the last few weeks. On the whole, no great teams this year. Everyone's sort of just eh, okay. And I think that COVID plays yeah. a role and guys are just injured after, during a long season. I, I, I've got to say the season is too long. I, I don't mean to be grandpa here, but they need to go back to 14 games. Uh, the, uh, the, the players are bigger. They're faster. They're hitting harder. It's more dangerous. The impact, the grind is worse than it's ever been. It would really help, uh, to, to, to have less games. I know that's not enough, enough billions in the pockets of the NFL, but it really is. You can really see the fatigue, uh, coming down. On these teams. Still ahead, the looming nuclear threat from Iran, new reporting on the potential confrontation and why the timing just could not be worse. Morning Joe coming right back.
a couple of minutes until the top of the hour and a couple more stories for you. A two-year-old toddler in Houston, Texas, named Davis, who has leukemia and is undergoing chemotherapy, is obsessed with garbage trucks and fascinated by the men who drive them. So when a waste collection company heard about his battle with cancer, a fleet of trash collectors surprised him with a Christmas garbage truck parade dressed in their holiday best and, of course, delivering gifts. David's loved it, waving to the trucks as they passed him by. Oh, my God, how cute. In Oklahoma, an 11-year-old helped save two lives in the same day. According to a local paper, Davion Johnson performed the Heimlich maneuver on a classmate who was choking on a bottle cap. Johnson said he learned it from a YouTube video. That's how we do things these days, just in case he ever ended up in that situation. Then, after school, on the very same day, the sixth grader saw an elderly woman trying to escape a house fire. Johnson jumped into action again, helping the woman with a walker get out of the burning home. He told local media he thought she was not moving fast enough, so he ran across the street to help her out. Muskogee police and Johnson's School superintendent recognized him at last week's school board meeting. Johnson says he wants to be an EMT when he grows up. Two good stories for the Christmas season. We'll be back in a moment. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.